Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today because I have one of my dear friends, Moni, with me. And she is from Mixing with Moni. And she is going to tell us all about how she got her start in the podcast world. Everybody in Bravo land knows her. So I am just so excited to have her with me. And we're going to chat all about that. So welcome, Moni, to the show. Welcome, welcome. Oh Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, what an introduction. Oh, I could have gone on and on, girl. I could have gone on and on. Before we get into everything, because I'm just so blown away by you and your success, and it's happened so quickly, but we got to talk about what's happening in the state of the world right now, this crazy, crazy election. What are your thoughts on where we are at post-election, basically, right now? I mean, are we even post-election? I feel like this election <laughs> is going to last the... Uh, of course, it's 2020. It's This, of course, is the most personified version of 2020 if I've ever seen one. It can't ever just be regular. Like, nothing can just be regular <laughs> about this year. Of course, it's going to take 50,000 days. It's going to come to the final two people. It's going to be tied. There's going to be recounts. Like, it can't ever just be something simple, not in 2020. So I'm just, I'm exhausted. And it's like only day two when we're recording this. So I'm already tired, ready for the recounts, ready to just get this over with. I don't think we'll have a president until it's time for the inauguration. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping we have a president by the time of inauguration. It is certainly unprecedented um no pun intended but i do think that it's funny because i feel like the key states that we're we're kind of waiting on right now are kind of like bravo housewives right i mean who do you think georgia kind of represents right now um georgia is really (laughs) it's like all over the place you think as soon as you figure it out you just don't it feels like it's definitely not a new york housewife if anything it's probably like a potomac housewife i'd give it like a nice ashley or like a monique because you think you know them but then you're so shocked they are one way and then all of a sudden you empathize with them or there's something <laughs> that you just didn't expect from them. And that's what's happening now. I mean, the fact that the final counts might come in between like under 10,000 votes. I mean, A, we're all automatically going to have a recount. But also, nobody expected Georgia of all places to be that close. Right. And that like possibly a flip. I was never expecting that. So it's like, you know, okay, way to shock me, girl. <laughs> Right, exactly. I know. I think everybody kind of writes off the South as being just red. So um, I'm with you on there. And, you know, having grown up in the South, I'm certainly kind of like, wow, this is kind of amazing. So then Nevada is taking their own sweet time with uh, getting those ballots counted. So how do you feel about Nevada being which housewife? Nevada is, (laughs) it's Dorit. It's Dorit this past season. The big fight was, I mean, we are all, Kyle, wondering how the hell Dorit is in glam and she has somewhere to be. It's like <laughs> she shows up to Teddy's event, she's like three or four hours late, and then she leaves early, okay? And then right. she was like, I got to go. But she comes, literally gets her pictures, stays for a little bit, and then has to go. That is basically Nevada. Nevada's in glam. She came late. We're all waiting <laughs> on her. 
We're all literally crying and fussing over it. Like, why are you in glam? And then she's like, well, I have to go. And that's perfectly reminiscent of how Nevada also then ended early. Yes. And they were like, yeah, we're going to go to bed, actually. We're going to start tomorrow. And I just love because I'm on the East Coast, right? So when they were like, no more counting until Thursday, it was 4 p.m. there. <laughs> it was like, are you on fire? What is happening? Like, what? <laughs> Girl, no, uh-uh, unless you have, like, a really good reason why the whole state has to stop counting a, a ballots in the middle of an election. Right. So what is more it, important? It's 4 p.m. It is the banking <laughs> hours on a Wednesday. Oh, my God. I know, like, go get your dinner and then come back. Can we do a working lunch, girl? Right, there you go. A, a working dinner. Let's put on our best lawyer hat. Yeah, lawyers like will work until like it's like it's been like eighty hours. Yes, let's do that. Let's get the Chinese food. Let's treat our election count or vote counters very well. Let's say hello to them. Let's let them get to the front of the line (laughs) at the Starbucks. (laughs) They have an important job. They're essential workers right now. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh my gosh, stay at work, girl. Right, working at four p.m. was looking at them like, oh, I wish I could get off four (laughs) p.m. Wednesday. Shout out to all the ballot counters that are pulling those hours. And like I said, you know, or like we said, Georgia is definitely doing their, their part right now. So, so you're doing you're doing the Lord's work. Yes. Shout out to Georgia right now. So anyway, well, we will see what happens. And yeah, we'll just have to hope for the best at this point. But moving on, I definitely want to introduce you to my listeners because if they're not familiar with you. They need to be. So please, 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 Moni, tell us how you got started in the podcast world, how your podcast came to be. Please fill us in. Yes, I am <laughs> very shocked by how well this year has gone, I guess, especially considering how shitty the year has gone at the same time for everyone else <laughs> but I think that's also is you know been a it's been a blessing in disguise because people are looking for great content they're looking for entertainment and you know podcasters and content creators we have not really shied away from that we are like we need the distractions so we'll create they need the distractions so they'll engage and we're all just trying to get through it together um I started this mid, late summer of 2019 and it started with Beverly Hills and me just being so confused by what I was seeing and literally just talking into a void and then I just thought why not talk to a void and see if other people at least want to listen and you know it's it's definitely done better than I expected but in a lot of ways I do feel like it is a little deserved. I've put a lot of time and energy into this. I've tried to remain nothing but myself, try to be as um, as understanding and empathetic as possible. I should look at Housewives and Bravo and Hot Topics in a very different way with a lot of realism, but still in a way of we can enjoy this. Like we can all enjoy this and still recognize what where the reality lies in this. And I have been really happy and lucky to meet a lot of great people on the internet and through Instagram and Twitter and stuff who have been on the show, who have gone on their shows. I've made great internet friends like you, and here we are. So many great collabs that I'm very, very proud of, and I'm always so happy when one does even better than the next or the last. Absolutely, and I think in the time of corona, you know, being able to connect with people, not in person, having that connection, you know, via podcast, via Instagram, whatever it is, is just such a gift, and I've said that so many times, but I truly, truly believe that. 
And you have been one of the podcasters that I have connected with on such a very unique level. And I feel like, you know, we're just kind of in this together. So I I love that you're on my show now. And I loved being on your show. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, we had a blast discussing this season of The Bachelorette and what is to come. So please go check that out. It was really a fun episode, people. It was, Erin, it did so well. People responded so happily to Aww. that episode and the way we broke down The Bachelorette before the season had, like, really even got going. I mean, straight, to be honest, we still haven't really got going. But, so oh, thank I'm, you for that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yay! Well, I will come back anytime, and you're obviously welcome to come on anytime as well. I love that you're kind of my Bravo girl. There's new seasons, you know, new franchises coming out that I don't know about. And I'm so excited to have you to kind of, you know, give us the tour, if you will, of the new season of Salt Lake City Housewives, which Moni had the very cool opportunity of seeing a sneak peek of the first episode. A virtual premiere party. It was a virtual cocktail party. That is so much fun. So please tell us about that. How did you get involved in that? That is just like such an honor. So cool. Yeah, I mean, I damn near fell out of my chair when Bravo emailed me <laughs> and was like, hey, girl, VIP invite to the um, Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere party, RSVP, and get the episode early. I was like, <laughs> what? Do you have the right email? And before Very you say cool. no, I'm going to RSVP. Right. They had me sign a bunch of things because um, they can sue me and I cannot afford to go back and forth with them <laughs> but it was really really fun to get that email and the, it was like a really beautiful invite and flyer and it was like a meet and greet like a literal premiere party so we got to watch the episode early uh, it was a super sad episode so it is it was a little longer than normal and then we got to all get dressed up in our snowy white best, like anything that looks really snowy and wintry and Salt Lake City-like, and it was really fun. I got to meet four out of the six ladies on the virtual premiere party. Wow. There was a lot of other great Bravo uh, holics there, a lot of great content creators, podcasters, magazine people, journalists, like a lot of people were on that call, and it was hosted by one of the um, Housewives correspondents for Hollywood Unlocked, I think, and it was it was a really great time. I mean, they were. It definitely feels like they are very new, very green housewives. I mean that in a way that will definitely benefit the viewers because they were not hesitant to talk. They weren't saying things like "it's just have to wait and see." Um, a couple of ladies seem to be enjoying their beverages a bit much. <laughs> And that is always fun for a viewer. Yes. <laughs> and so it, it seemed like there was a clear divide between the ladies um, already. Like Meredith Martz and Lisa Barlow looked like they were not having any of Jen Shaw's and um, Heather Day's shit. Like they looked like they were not having any of it. And it was kind of wild to watch. It just was such a, a difference between, you know, the cast members for a lot of reasons. And, for the premiere, um, I can't get too much into details of what I saw, but I can say I think they tackle the whole topic of Mormonism in a way that people expect. That people have often DMV and been like, I, I think it's going to talk about Mormons all the time and all that. And I think they tackle it in a way that isn't ob- 
aggressive or abrasive or unnecessary. They do it in a way that is specifically relevant to them as an individual and not together. Like they do it a very good way of being like, why this is relevant to me and my life. And really it's just because probably it's the first episode. So we need to know a lot of background information about them anyway. Yeah. So it's really helpful that they're like, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. And I think they do a great job opening up in the first episode, making you fall in love with their storylines already. You get invested. You see where there's definitely going to be some tension or some drama without it being overkill. Um, it's like, I was expecting it to be so much slower. And I think that it went Maybe I'm desperate, but it was so refreshing. Really, really good quality content that I was like, oh, wow. And halfway through, I was like, wow, we're still going. Like, this is still on. Like, they're not done yet. And we really need that during these times. <laughs> Just some new, fun women who every one of them is so different. And their dynamic is wild. And their connections are also very wild and they have real ones it doesn't feel like they were just all casted it definitely feels like because of how small the city is they have a lot of connection to each other because it's small so even if they're not all like bffs they all have some kind of connection to the city to each other so it doesn't just feel like a bunch of ladies were like forced in a room to talk to each other Monty, I love that. You got me so excited to watch. I was planning oh, on yeah, watching. People are going to be very, very happy, very pleased with it. And it's new women. It's new people. Right now, we need something new. We really do because everyone is so stressed with the shows that we do have because we expect more, we want different, or we don't know they should if they should have come back. Right. These women at least are like, so new that you can't even judge them yet. So really all we have is to watch them and just, we're all doing it together. We're all following along. We're all like, ooh, no, don't like her. There are definitely some personalities there that I think are so polarizing that I think it'll ha- it'll, it'll work because everyone's going to fall on some kind of side. You're definitely going to have opinions about them. That is awesome. And I love that they tackled Mormonism, just everything about it, because I feel like it's kind of shrouded in mystery to a lot of us who don't know about it, right? So I think that's awesome that they didn't shy away from that, that they're going to talk about that, that like you said, it's the elephant in the room and they're going to address that. And that will be really interesting. But I was always going to watch, but I feel like now I really am excited to watch because that just sounds like a breath of fresh air. It sounds like Maybe like Real Housewives of Dallas, you know, season one when they're all just like babies and right? Like they're so new and you're just yes, like. I, this has potential to be even better. Oh my even gosh. Better. And they said it in the virtual premiere. Like they really all watched Housewives. So they kind of studied it. They know what they're supposed to do. Oh, they're good. not trying to closet themselves away or, you know, try to pick and choose what they can talk about. Like they don't have that leeway yet. Uh-huh. And they don't have that kind of like, you know, power yet. So. They know they got to come on here and they actually have to bring it. They actually have to be honest. They have to show it. They have questions to answer. So I think that's really important that they were able to come so late in the game because they knew what to expect and they're not shying away from it. And that is very helpful. Yeah, that is awesome. Can you remind the listeners when the premiere will air? Yeah, it's going to be November the 11th, probably 9, 8 central, which means west coast people hang in there <laughs> um but yes it'll it'll come out on um november the 11th and i hope we might have a president by then. i know if right not, this will distract us even further right uh, is that a thursday 
it is a Wednesday and it's at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Okay. So 11, 11 at 10. Make sure you guys tune into that. And I will definitely be watching because I want to be chit-chatting about it with you, Moni. And um, yeah. I always love starting a season like that and being able to chat with you about it. You always have such interesting perspective. And you got me into Dallas, and I absolutely love Dallas. So, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, that should be coming <laughs> back pretty soon, too. That should be back um, probably uh, early next year. Oh, okay. Done filming. They've been filming uh, for months. That's so what I thought. They're... And Beverly Hills also is filming, and so is New York, correct? Yes. New York is, is well underway. They're okay. doing they're really going strong and um they have two they have one new housewife uh first black woman on yes the show. Ebony. Um, and then they have one new friend of who is also the first black friend of on the show oh that's so, great um it's really really great and Ramona gets along with the friend of very well but I don't know if she'll get along with the new housewife because she's more of like a Leah vibe she's young she's gorgeous love it accomplished and that is gonna stir some things up but New York is almost done Potomac will be filming their reunion very soon they'll be wrapping up for the reunion thank goodness Atlanta comes back in a couple of weeks and yeah Dallas is on its way out oh my gosh yeah Ebony I think is her name and she is a lawyer and a podcaster she is drop dead gorgeous she's a news anchor on revolt she has lots of great really really high well done podcasts um she is awesome she's gorgeous she is stunning stunning so let's talk about the diversity that is on salt lake city were you happy with the diversity that that you saw there yeah i'm actually happy and uh, not even just shocked (laughs) because jen shaw said on the the, at the virtual premiere she (laughs) said that all the black people in utah are in her family she's from tongo and apparently um Heather Gay, who was one of her really good friends, said that she even thought that Jim was black because that's just how few black people are in Salt Lake City. And she's, uh, you know, not, but she's like, she's like, you're here in Salt Lake, I'm considered black. So, wow. And she married a black man. So she now has um, two oh. really, really, really cool and cute black teenage sons. Oh. And it's this really, really cute scenes with her family already that I can't wait to talk about. But and you're going to fall in love with them instantly. And I think Aww. that that's a really cool time that because she has her family there and her um, her husband. And uh, that that is diversity that I was not expecting. It's really cool. And then Mary yeah. Cosby is also a black woman um, on the show. And her tagline. Aaron. It's <laughs> one of the best tagons I've ever heard. Right? And she's a Pentecostal minister. Um, she is a minister by trade, and her tagline is, I may love God, but I will read you like a scripture. Love it. Love <laughs> I it. I think it's so good. It's so, so good. clever. It's, it's so, so sassy. I love it. Yes. Lisa Barlow's is also a really clever one. Um, she owns a tequila company called Vita Tequila, which oh. I cannot wait to try. Yeah. And um, all the girls love it. They say it's the best. And, uh, yeah, she's going to have an interesting storyline with that. But um, her tequila-based tagline is um, – when you take cheap shots, expect to wake up with a hangover. Yes. 
<laughs> so she is like, don't take cheap shots at her because she will wear you out and then you will have a hangover the next day. But also her tequila is probably expensive and high quality and right. off shelf. So don't take the cheap shots if you don't want a hangover. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yep, so good. I, I love this cast. I think uh, there's a lot there. I have my predictions on who will stay and who will go already after one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I I think that the people will really respond well to the group because they seem to be very um, sturdy in their personalities and why they were casted. Um, With the exception of one who I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a one season wonder. They just needed her for the money (laughs) that she has or something. And there's a lot of skepticism you'll have. You'll be like, I don't know where they get their wait. I'm sorry, they do what? So where are they getting this money? Because honey, let me tell you, the real estate porn is back on Housewives. These women's homes are gorgeous, phenomenal. Each one. So there's no longer like we're not in Gina's Casita on OC. That's not where we're at. We are in mansions. We have views. We have rooms, wings. It's very, very lovely. The decor is gorgeous. It's a very, very well-casted and well-shot show. It looks really nice. So it's like selling Sunset meets Real Housewives? Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> like we're returning back to our roots of Housewives. We used to watch true. for aspirational living. True, like true. Like, they had petty fights. It wasn't about things that pertain to our rights and our humanity and things like that. We didn't have to watch for that. It yeah. used to be... You know, silly things like Lisa Vanderpump teaching Adrienne Maloof how to clean a chicken and she cleans it with soap. You know right. what I mean? We're all right. laughing. And then they have like really wild things that have that only rich people fights could be. Like no one else's. And we're, I feel like we're back to that. We're back to this opulence of wearing mm. heels in the snow and taking, you know, limos to the person's house next door. Like we're back to that. And it's really fun to kind of do. We're back to escapism. I was just going to say. Yep. I was just going to say escapism. Don't we all need that right 100%. 100%. <laughs> bring it on. Um, How's the, uh, the age range? How's the age range with the new housewives? It's interesting because they go, it seems to be as high up as in our late 40s, early 50s. Oh, okay. And um, a majority does seem to be 40s-ish. Love that. And then um, a couple of younger, like in the 30s, but not, not many. Almost everyone has a kid. Um, everyone is at this, at this point in time, married, so okay. they're actually housewives and the way they <laughs> get to their marriages and the, the, the status of their marriages. And for a lot of them, because of the whole Mormon aspect, what they had to do to get married is very, very wild. It's different than anything we've ever seen. We've never seen so much be at, at stake and be sacrificed for marriages and families, the way these women have that, uh, except wow. for the exception of one who's not uh, married, but what? Like, there's just so much always at stake, it seems. And it's like, wow, I never would have thought about that. Which is why I say I think they handled the whole Mormon thing in a very compelling way. Because it's not just like, you know, hey, we're the state of this or we're the state of that. It's this is how it affected my life because the, the standards put on me and the expectations put on me were this. And I didn't meet them or I did. And this is why. And that's really, I think, going to help us shape 
the the, sto- the entire season and the storyline between each of the ladies. But their age range is very, it's very diverse. Like Whitney um, Rose is younger. She's on the younger side. And her tagline is also really good. It's like, this Rose isn't afraid to handle a little prick. Oh. <laughs> her last name is Rose, so that's really cute. Oh my God, they are hitting these out of the park. They are the best taglines yeah, no, I've heard really in years. Really I think wow. Mary Cosby is probably one of the older ones. Um, her and Meredith are like probably like late forties, um, maybe early fifties. Um, but all in all, I think the range is great, and that's something that is relatable for everyone. They have kids from younger years to teenage years. I am so excited to watch this. You guys, please tune in because I want to be able to chat about this and discuss and have Monty back, of course, to discuss. Um, and just don't miss that premiere next week. Uh, we just yeah, cannot. let's do this together. Let's yeah. Let's just start it all together because what else are you doing? Let's close out the year 2020 right. with something new and fresh and not refreshing Twitter every five minutes to see if CNN uh, Associated Press has an update. Thank you. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep us posted. I know, right? I love being able to talk about this new season. Cannot wait to watch it. So, Moni, you have had some incredible guests on your podcast. Who have been some of your favorites? Um, I would say, well, Danny Pellegrino was a really fun time because I had fun on his show, but I liked him coming on mine even more because there was so much good chemistry. He's a really good guest for a host, and that's not always possible. Um, it doesn't always translate well um, because hosts will kind of naturally, you know, we like naturally want to lose the conversation yeah. and kind of be on our timeline. But he's really, really great and um, super flexible and well-versed in so many things. And we just had a great time just talking and not sticking to the outline at all. And I love that. <laughs> um, Ryan Bailey is one of my favorites. He's always so high energy. We match each other really well. He's a great pop culture source of all things bachelor have you had him on your show yet i haven't i would love to have him you have got to have ryan on your show literally right after this i'm gonna be like ryan hit up Aaron because he loves bachelor i go on there all the time and talk bachelor and bachelorette and that's how we met is that he came on mine to talk about it last year um so he's really really great so awesome i love ryan he's always super high energy very fun I literally love every single person I have on my show. I understand. It's like picking children. Oh, I get it's like it. Picking your favorite child. It's like yep. not even possible. I love Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown. I think she is. She's had quite the year of success. She has skyrocketed and she deserves it. And then um, probably the most fun that I've had so far with the pod is that you know it's gotten me recognized and I was able to go on Bitch Stash, which was so much fun and incredible to just be with or, you know with the women that I listen to every week and to have who have such a big voice in the podcast the Bravo podcast and TV podcast industry and they were like they're natural they're professional comedians so they're naturally hilarious and <laughs> very fun and getting them to laugh was like the highlight of my life because I was like wow Aww. y'all are so like set in this so for me to make you laugh is like incredible that is so much fun. Do you have any aspirations to have certain people on your show? Anyone that you really would love, like a dream guest? Yeah, I think that uh, I feel that my goal 
always, because I've now met two of them, so I, I'm like, maybe I should just keep going, is to be on, uh, to be asked to be on the Bravo Daily Dish, because I love them, oh. and I think I've DM'd Eric, one of the hosts, a few times, because he's very, very nice, he's super nice, and I love his co-host, Megan, I think she's wonderful, just because I love the way they kind of recap everything. And, of course, Washer Crappens, because I think their energy is hilarious. Yeah. And to be on my show one day, I would love to have Rachel Lindsay on, because she's just oh, so amazing. Yes. I think yes. she's the smartest woman to ever come across this little, like, universe of Bachelor Nation. And it, it, it shows, and she doesn't, she, she's not apologizing for it, but she's also really humble about it, and I love that. And, um, yeah, probably just... As, as much as I can grow, just whomever it loves it and is interested and like, we have like, a good chemistry and, you know, that we can really help each other, I would love to have them on. I think that's one of the reasons that I've had so much, you know, seemingly success at this point is because I'm just open to whomever, like mm-hmm. everything's an opportunity to me and I treat it all, you know, the same. And I can't always get everyone to be on my show because everybody always asks. But it, it does help that when I know the energy is there, like I can listen to them, like and I know that they do this and they would love it, that it would be, it, it's a dream come true for everyone that's listening, right. for everyone who is involved with it, who's like watched me grow. I feel like we're all doing this together. Like the people that listen to me are very, very encouraging. They're very involved. They're like, I love the people who are watching you and listening to you. And I'm like, thank you. We did this together, girl. Yes. Like they are great. They literally like, corner Danny Pellegrino on Twitter to get me on his show so I'm grateful because now we've hit it off and he's he's amazing so I think that it really helps when you have like when you build your community first and you just you just aren't looking to only social climb but like you just are waiting for the good things to happen and you keep those dreams and I have dream guests and maybe it'll work out and I just I can't wait to see where this takes me into 2021 Absolutely. You just have to put that out in the universe. You know, you just never know. I mean, I think both of us never thought we'd be where we are today, you know, and it's just so exciting and the sky's the limit, as they say. But I would love to chat more about Rachel because I don't know if you saw a post that I made that was very controversial to the point where I actually turned commenting off on Instagram. And I don't do that often, but the comments that I was getting were just so disturbing to me. And let me just preface this with which post it was. So Rachel had gone on her stories and talked about how it was not right of Tasha to be introduced coming out of the pool instead of out of a limo like all the bachelorettes in the past have and that it was hypersexualized and that, you know, black women in history have been hypersexualized. So it's kind of perpetuating that stereotype. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering your take on that and if we can chat a little bit about that because I think we both really revere uh, Rachel and I would as well love to have her on the show. I think she'd be an incredible guest and also just the way she carries herself, the way that she, you know, is so, she just never, she's, she never apologizes for anything, which I love about her. She's so unapologetic, right? And so real and yes. so raw and so authentic. And I just get so angry when people, you know, bash her and say these these things about her. So what is your take on that? I think that Rachel says things so perfect and eloquently, but she's very passionate and I appreciate that. She's gone through so much with this franchise and it sucks because they've. it seems like they've done so little to kind of help her. I mean, they gave her that platform to talk on the after the final rose last year about 
and she kept calling it quote unquote bullying and what it is it's 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 racism to have the black woman come one of the only black person in the entire bachelor nation that's ever been a suitor that has ever made it that far you know to be the voice of the quote unquote bullying that they experience it's, it's because it's specific to her i love that she's never backing down from this and she's always challenged even her employer to be like hey no this is not right and i think that's because people are really recognizing that things need to change and that even middle america wants things to change and things don't have to stay the status quo forever otherwise we'll never grow and never learn so i think that when it comes to tasia I get it. I get the moment that they are always trying to say that they were trying to do, oh, it's a, it's a play on this and it's a parody of that. And I also get that this is unprecedented. We've never had a switch of suitors in the middle of the year. And I get that, you know, Colton was always in the shower and all these things and everything like that. The difference is, even though everything is one way, even though the intentions are known and the intentions are good and it's not like you were doing anything only to her like you know as like i said colton and you know sex in the windmill and they've definitely sexualized a lot of them the difference is if someone like caitlin bristow is going to get a shit ton of backlash because of sleeping with more than one of her final men and everyone calling her all kinds of names because of it do not even underestimate what could become of someone's first meeting of this woman, this new bachelorette, being her in a bikini. If they're if they if they'll do it to Caitlyn, they will absolutely do it to Tasha. And I think Rachel's point was the standard. Even though you have a good intention and it's coming from some kind of parody, the standard just sometimes has to be different because we always have to hold ourselves to some kind of higher impossible standard because it's never anyone else that whenever something happens to us, for instance, there's never any other justification for it if something happens to someone else. Like if there is a person who is a person of color who has an interaction with the cops and it does not go well and it leads to some kind of tragedy, some kind of unnecessary tragedy, there's always some kind of debate on what could have happened to make that outcome differently and never just an instant uprise of that should never have happened it's never that way first because there's always some kind of debate on what it means for us to be accepted into society so with that being said Tasha wearing this bikini and, and coming out of the pool like this it's hypersexualizing. you're like oh well it's happened to x and z amount of people but it would never really be debated for x y and z other people it would never be that same thing. For Tasha, it would be almost instant backlash. Well, why does she have to leave with that? And that's just because of the implicit bias. And it's not even her fault. And it's really not even the bachelor's fault. But they should be more responsible, is all I'm saying. Is that they should recognize how this could potentially play out that a black woman is dethroning a white woman in a, on a show that is largely popular in middle America during the time of a very, very rigorous election, it is mainly centered around race and bigotry, and this white woman is leaving with a person of color, and they're bringing one in, and all of a sudden, it's like, why well, she had to be the sexy one. When Claire, we get her, she's in a blazer for her promo shot. If it wasn't for the promo shot, I think that it would have been so much more different if we were already at a pool and you know what I mean? Like if yes. there was some kind of background. It just seemed like out of nowhere, everyone loves Claire because she has great body and they're always like she looks like a woman and she dresses really well. Dresses her age, but not in a way that makes you feel dowdy, makes you feel hopeful. It's beautiful. She's gorgeous. 
And to go from a good blazer or a good, like, long dress to this is the promo shot of the new woman that we're all supposed to take seriously and y'all are supposed to find and fall in love with and right. find as your wife. And the first thing we see of her is her half-naked body. Right. That is how we're supposed to take her seriously. Okay. And then we want to get mad at the guys for being misogynist. Yeah. the moment they start doing it, we're like, oh, that's not right. Get rid of him, Tayshia. We hate us misogynist on here. And we do. And it should, though. But at the same time, why are we introducing this new woman in the same role as this other woman in a way that is not taken as seriously? Right. In a way that is a lot more controversial. It's a lot more laid back at the very least when she's taking the same spot or she's doing the same job. And we didn't do this to Claire. Like I get where Rachel is coming from because it is a little disappointing. It's like we, if you're going to do this, save it. Like, save it. And it's one thing to sexualize men. Everybody knows the way we sexualize men and the way we sexualize women in this country have very different ramifications. We should probably not do either. Yeah, that makes sense. But sexualizing men is not going to ever really hinder them from getting jobs and opportunities in America, especially not a white man like Colt. Exactly. But for someone like Tasha, there is some ramifications to this. It will definitely skew the way women watch this because she's not the eye candy to these women. And that's the whole point is that majority of the audience of The Bachelor are women and they're in the middle American states and they're largely white. So for them to be watching, and it's one thing when they're ogling someone like Colton because that's largely for their demographic. But when they're ogling someone like Tasha, they're not doing it in a way of that's positive because most of them, that's not what they're there for. So they're like, oh, wow, she's coming in strong. And it's just, it opens up to something for, that it goes against her that's unnecessary. And, of course, it's like, why do we need to constantly over-sexualize black women? Like we, we, we understand that there is uh, something about the black female body that has been obsessed over in our society since the very beginning of slavery to now. But overall, the autonomy that we should be able to have over our body is, I wish we could have been a little bit more vocal. Had there been a few more, you know, women in the room or something like that? Because we never know what Tasha was going through when that, when that moment happened. Maybe she doesn't even know what the backup she was going to be when she has, when that happened. Or maybe she didn't feel comfortable. She, to her, this is a check because she was just trying to do her job. She's just trying to keep her job, which is what happens to a lot of people of color in America where they don't say something or they don't speak up because... They're just trying to do their job. They're just trying to get by. They're just trying to do what they have to do. And that's why it matters that there are people like Rachel to say something. Who right. are like, hey, though, um, actually, this could have gone differently. Even if the attention was great, even if Tasha loved it, even if Old America loved it, it could have gone differently. And that's, that's all it is. It's just maybe we should think before we do it. Maybe we should think before we act and consider what this will do to the other people. Right. I was disappointed with the show having that been, you know, the first time that we're seeing Tasha. Why right. not being coming out of a limo, you know, like Why not just like seeing Claire. another limo pull up? Like, right. That would have made so much more sense. Like, you yeah. Just a show her. It's like show her a heel getting out of a car. Right. Right. It's right. not hard. We, we shoot that scene a thousand times. Yeah. And people were saying, oh, well, maybe Tasha knew that that was going to be the promo. And I really doubt it. I really doubt that she knew her getting out of a pool was going to be a promo. She probably just thought it was going to be part of a preview, a trailer, you know, what have you, but not her first, the first introduction of her as the new Bachelorette. I can't imagine her being 
ecstatic about that. Because it doesn't make it seem like she's there to find a husband. It makes right. It they just found some beautiful girl with a supermodel type. She's like, look at me <laughs> and my out body hosting a dating show. It's yes. like, I mean, I know shade to Love Island, but this is not Love Island. Right. No, 100%. On Love Island, everybody there is kind of equal. They're yes. all equal. Yeah, nobody's the bachelorette. Nobody's the lead, right? Nobody. Right. And, and there just has to be a level of respect. We're supposed to take her the same amount of serious after we just had a woman of a very mature age and a mature seemingly mindset. Yeah. The, the juxtaposition is uh, is bananas. And even if she I did agree. know that it was the promo, it doesn't mean that it is okay to everyone that saw it. It doesn't mean that it should have been okay. If someone should have been like, maybe we saved this for the photo shoot scene or maybe yeah. she ha- maybe she throws in a pool party and then they're like wow she looks amazing in her bikini i mean yes sure then appropriate yes <laughs> right then you're gonna have some assholes who are like why does she have to wear such a small bikini and blah 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 blah, blah. but that's <laughs> what i'm saying you give them so much reason to dislike her up front and then i i fear because Bachelors like, oh, they're finally, they're just now responding to all the Bachelors so white hashtags and being called out by Meredith Gray and everything like that. And they're just now starting to kind of channel that into, into action. And the moment that this happened, I was like, well, shit. If the <laughs> girls in Kentucky don't like this and don't like her, because they're like, why does she have to leave with her boobs? Or why is she over-sexual? Why is she naked or whatever? And they're like, they like the other girls because they're classy and sophisticated and all these respectability politics. And they don't like Tasha. What is ABC going to do? They're going to say, well, we can't have another black suitor. Exactly. To our demographics. And maybe it's because people were checked out after the first three episodes when the girl played all of us and she was already in love with this man. Maybe it's because she left. People don't like to split their vote. They don't like to split who they're literally trying to watch fall in love maybe it's because we didn't get to know and love Tasha that much because she was on a smaller show and she didn't make it as far or she did she made the first season like the, the final two with Colton maybe it's because she's fair and move but no they'll blame it on something else and they'll have to go back and then they can never and now they can never say again that they just don't have black suitors because they're like we tried it we did right. it. I mean look at how long it took for them to have another non-white suitor or non a person of any kind of ethnicity that's differing than a European one from Juan Pablo. Look at how many years it took. So, and they were like, ooh. Right. <laughs> Gotta wait on that. It feels like a setup to me in a way. You know, set up yeah. to fail. And that's really upsetting because all of that diversity pushes that we've had, you know, over this year of 2020. I felt anyway that they were really going to try. You know, they're really, really going to try. So I just, it's very disappointing. I think my, the whole bottom line to me is just give her the respect that she deserves. You know, get, let her have the dignity of being introduced like every other bachelorette. I don't care if it's in the middle of the season. I don't care. She's still the lead. She's still the bachelorette. She deserves that respect. When I saw Rachel's story, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to post this. And I could not believe how much backlash I got from posting that. But I believe it. Look at what people said about that. Like, literally, the responses were like, 
shut up and get over. Yes. Like, you were employed. You should be lucky that you even have right. a And that's what I'm talking about. It's the respectability policy because it feels very much so like the majority of the reason that everyone even liked Rachel was because she was the good black girl. She was smart. She was funny. She was too good for Nick. So they were like, oh, the level of the two were astronomically different. It was that she was a lawyer, daughter of a judge. She's from that South. And it's always the thing. It's like the same with Mike Johnson. They always, We always have to be 10,000 steps ahead with be raised by a mother, super respectful, always yep. wear suits, always wear dresses in order to be liked. And she still got that hateful backlash of, you should just be happy that they even had your ass on there. You should just be happy that they had a black, have another black girl. And why does it always have to be another black? I mean, we've only had, we're up to three total suitors of, of that are black ever. And I know. And the girls are already tired of it. They're already like, I know. I don't even want to be black. <laughs> it's three out of like 35. Well, I mean, look at this election and look what it's shown us that our country, you know, who our country really is. So are we really that surprised? I hate to say that, but, you know. I mean, it's so crazy because of how loud they are. That's what I'm saying. I need someone like Rachel to really, and, and I love that you reposted it because it takes the ones who are not. Because if anything, I'm getting some kind of hope. Like I said, I'm in Georgia right now. And how close it is in Georgia is actually, like, even if it doesn't go the way I want it to go, I am not only shocked, but I am impressed by how easily I wrote off Georgia and how much they were like, no, girl, don't count us out. Right. Like the, 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 the margin is so thin that it literally comes down to now, like, one out of every two people may not be an outright racist wow. that I meet in Georgia. Unbelievable. Oh, way better than I expected. So right. it's like, if anything... They're so loud, so we think that so much is not happening that we need to be even louder. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of Rachel for saying something. I'm proud of all the people who picked it up because it deserves to be talked about. And I hope that it really gets a lot of traction. I hope that they even ask Keisha about how she felt about it. Because I, although I don't want to put her on the spot because I know she'll probably just be like, girl, I'm trying to keep my job and just keep my nose down and just get through the season and maybe get a boyfriend. Which understood. She deserves that. But... I hope that they at least let her be like, you know, I really wanted my fairy tale moment, moment that everyone else get where it's like magical. And I pull up to the castle and all these men are waiting for me, trying to take me to the ball. Like, I right. want her that for her. Man, why does she not get to have that? She's already the replacement. Like, it's already that she wasn't cast at first. Like, is it not enough that we are like, don't take her nearly as seriously, y'all? One person found love on the show. That's all that matters. I know. That's heartbreaking. Honestly, it's heartbreaking. Well, I cannot wait to see tonight's episode if it's going to be at the very, very end where we see her little feet pop out of the limo or if we're going to see this, you know, in the beginning or not the beginning, but like the middle. It'll be interesting, right, to see what happens. But man, it's been oh, a wild ride. That there's an announcement that just came out that Bachelor Nation tonight will should know that The Bachelorette will air in its entirety. And if there's breaking news, ABC will break in, but you won't miss a thing. They may go over the two-hour mark, so if the recording, extend the end time to be safe. So for people who oh. are listening to this post-Bachelorette or post-the-episode airing, if they're like, oh, shit, I think mine cut out, or they stop at the two-hour mark, keep going. Go back. <laughs> watch it again. 
look at it on Hulu because there's probably even more happening. Oh, good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, I would love to talk to you more about this because I think it's such a, a very hot topic, especially now and what's going on at the state of the world. But I have loved, loved having you on, Moni. And I just, we should have done this much sooner. We will do this again <laughs> for sure. But please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your wonderful podcast, all the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I can be found anywhere you listen to this show um, by searching Mixing with Monty as well and on Patreon by doing the same thing. Um, and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Mixing with Monty at M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for giving me your time and love hearing and picking thank your brain you about this. Me. Of course, of this new season that's coming up. So you guys go check that out because we will be discussing that for sure. Yeah, I just I had so much fun catching up with you and I just whew, take a deep breath, girl. We're going to get through this together and it's going to be OK. Everything's going to be OK. I just I feel it. Yes. I feel it. <laughs> we will do it. We will make it through. We will overcome. We will overcome. If there is an announcement in the middle of The Bachelorette, that would be iconic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Historic. Can you imagine they announced president during The Bachelorette? I would. That would be just everything. Because, you know, it's all linked together, I feel. It's all, you know, it, it's all related. It's just, it's so funny. I, I mean, even in politics, they talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette in terms of, you know, certain things. So it is literally the like a worldwide phenomenon. So it's so fun to talk about it. It's so fun to just hypothesize and all of that. Yeah, I, I need another jello shot, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. You guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on Instagram at getting cozy with Aaron. And of course, on the new Taste of Reality website and merchandise is coming soon. Cannot wait experience. for that. So I had stay one tuned. So you guys that I stay safe and always Until stay cozy. the day I met next time, the owner bye. of Lunchbox Wax. She convinced me that her salon was nothing like the one I'd experienced. Though hesitant, I agreed to try a service at Lunchbox. I am so glad I did. She was right. The salon was warm and the staff was so welcoming. My specialist was kind and patient, bending over backwards to make me feel relaxed and calm. The service was quick and as comfortable as it could be. I was amazed waxing could be like this and made sure to book my follow-up appointment. I'm grateful to Nikki and so glad I chose to trust her and Lunchbox Wax. Book your waxing appointment today. Make your life smooth with Lunchbox Wax. New to waxing? After your first wax, get the same service next time for free. Already a Lunchbox Wax fan? Save up to 48% and get a 12-month Brazilian unlimited membership. Book online at www.lunchboxwax.com and use the code BOGOFREE. With all our base salons now open in Dublin, Alameda, Walnut Creek, Concord, Brentwood, San Ramon, and Camden Park. Use code BOGOFREE at www.lunchboxwax.com.